Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Friday, March 25th, day 221. The book of Hebrews today, chapter 2, divine inspiration penned by the Apostle Paul himself, not only for believers, but also those with wavering faith. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. Participate in glorifying, magnifying, and broadcasting God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of supporting post-media solutions by way of your time or money contributions. God's word being taught cover to cover, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, requires advertising and a functioning website suitable for search and social. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. God's blessings will abound on you and yours. Give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. Your gift of as little as $10 a month or 30 cents a day enables me to bring you a Bible teaching podcast a day, every day. You are encouraged to send your biblical questions or prayer requests to email address companionchapel at gmail.com or come by for a Bible study to number 338 side row 28 slash 29 Paisley, Ontario, Canada. The postal code here is N0G2G0 and the phone number here that you can call or text is 519-706-8876. Now let's get into Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. <clears throat> Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard Thus, at any time, we should let them slip. Well, the things they've heard, the truth. Like, don't let uh, traditions of men or hearsay come into the truth and 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 shake your faith or get you get you to fall away from the word. Because there's countless traditions of men and countless things people have heard about the Bible, the hearsay, or people using it as a Bible of book of quotes and not being taught chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And let's just read Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed, that means happy, is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, this entire book. Jesus Christ came in the volume of the book. And keep, this means guard it with your life, those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And when you people say, well, the time is at hand, that was a long time ago. Well, look at the affairs of time. Just draw a line across a piece of paper and pretend that's the affairs of time. One end is infinity back, one end is infinity forward, and that's billions of years back. And put a little dash somewhere where you think this time is right now on that line and realize this is very short period of time right now, extremely short. As it's written in the Bible, this is a vapor of time. Okay, look, verse 2. Don't don't let anyone shake you. Don't don't lose your faith for things that you hear outside of God's word. Don't be pressured. And it says we're pressed in the Bible, but don't be pressured or pressured. Verse two. For if now this word if doesn't belong here in the manuscripts, this mean this word if means this is an actual fact. Okay, this condition is an actual fact. Okay, the fact of the matter is the word spoken by angels was steadfast. That means true. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. In other words, you get what you deserve. God only chastises those he loves. And that means you, God will never leave you or forsake you. And that means you walk away from God. People walk away from God all the time. And then they even get a double jeopardy when they blame God for all the all the vain prisons and all the curiosities that, they, that they've chased, all the vanities they've chased that have led to um, circumstances that aren't very desirable. Disappointments, failures, anguish, 
like all the things and ways of the world will never love you back. And God allows you. And that's his chastisement. And he's always there with his open arms. You get what you deserve. You put what in and what you deserve. And we're in the flesh life here now. And bad things happen to good people. But you always have to th keep in mind that this is a testing period. Don't turn around and blame God. This is such a short period of time. Like God's not your personal genie in a bottle. Remember that. Just because something's going wrong, we have to look at all the evil in the world comes from the human heart. All the evil in the world is perpetuated by an evil entity, as it's written in Colossians chapter 6, or Ephesians chapter 6. 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? The great salvation is Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah. He's the, only, he's the Prince of Peace. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the only one that didn't compromise with evil. He didn't make concessions with evil. He will not negotiate with evil. He set up a place, a kingdom of heaven, that is valid and legit. And this chapter really goes on to explain that. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, that's the Holy Spirit, according to His own will. Okay, I don't know why there's a question mark there. It's not a question. Okay, God bearing them witness. That's back then. His disciples, his apostles, people that saw him before Jesus Christ passed on. And now, what are these signs, wonders, and miracles? Signs means the significance of work for the Lord. For example, this Bible study podcast. That's a sign. We keep the sign alive. Like, why, why is this Bible the best-selling book for 2,000 years running? It's almost impossible to understand in the English. You read it once, and then people, I bet you most Christians haven't even read the Bible. I would, I would bet money on that. But why is it in every house? Why is there a cross in, on every steeple, pretty much? Why is there a church, a million churches around? Because we know deep inside, and we keep the signs going. We know deep inside that Jesus Christ was God, as he said. And we know that because if you don't believe that, then you think Jesus Christ was a liar. So we keep the signs, significance of work for the Lord. This podcast, for example... Wonders. Wonders is the effect the work in the Lord provides or produces. Like this Bible study podcast, uh, the podcast has the effect of getting people to open their Bible and to acquire working knowledge of the Bible. That's the wonders. This, I'm just using this podcast for an example. What are the miracles? The miracles, this means dunamis. Miracle is the life-changing results to recognize and utilize your unique gift and God-given talent. People start serving the Lord. You see someone that's just total heathenistic or atheist or, or just thinks they're God themselves, total, um, the trademarks of evil abound on them, like arrogance, aggression, anger. People that just seem to have no hope and all of a sudden, look, they get the, they get the word of the Lord in them and they get the love of Christ in their heart. That's a miracle. They've changed right around. They're a totally different person. Once people repent, they have, they have the ability to ask for the Holy Spirit to saturate into them and all around. They, they get the strength, as it's written in Luke chapter 10. I, I rebuke Satan, all evil spirits, demons, devils, all powers and principality of Satan. Everything that is corrupt to you, Lord. Everything that offends you, Lord. Everything of the darkness. I rebuke from inside me and all around me. You have the right to do that now. And the power to do that. And what comes in? You pray for the love of Christ in your heart. That's what happens. Signs, wonders, miracles. 
and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. That's proof of God's plan. Verse 5, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak? Or the angels means uh, messengers. We are the angels. angels. Angels are servants. Okay, subjection. This means originating in the mind. Okay, we, we are looking forward to the world to come. We're just passing through this age right now. We're on a journey. As children of God, we do not belong to this world. This is not our home. We're only passing through. This is a judgment period. All the ways and things of the world. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Let's go into verse 6. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Okay, this is a quote from Psalms chapter 8. And of course, Paul constantly, I'm going to go to Psalms chapter 8. Because notice here, in my King James, the word him is capitalized at one spot and not another spot. And then, and that's in uh, Hebrews chapter 2. But in Psalms chapter 8, it's capitalized in one spot and not another, another spot. So let's just straighten this out. I'll just read from um, Psalms chapter 8. What is man that thou art, thou art mindful of him? Like, in other words, God's saying, who do, you, who, who do you guys think you are? Like, who do we think we are? And the Son of Man that visiteth him. Okay, the Son of Man here doesn't have the article. And so we're talking about like a, when uh, Ezekiel was called Son of Man all the time. It was called just, just people, Son of Man, that God visiteth him. Like, who do you people think you are? And now God visiteth us. Watch this next verse, okay? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, and he visited us. Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. He came as Emmanuel, a little lower than the angels. He came in the flesh. Thou crownest him, crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. He sits him on his right side. The enemies are his footstool. Every knee shall bow. God is the creator. He loves this planet. God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. And he made this planet, as it's written in Genesis chapter 1, which we covered in the last, uh, in Hebrews chapter 1. I just tagged Genesis chapter 1 on it. In the beginning, verse 1, the creation story, one verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. doesn't say when. Created means created spectacular. This word in the Hebrew is bara. It means created spectacular with order and beauty. It is the only self-sustaining planet that we know of, that we've seen with our powerful telescopes. And it is a jewel in the universe. Right now, mankind is trying to discover oh, the moon. Okay, you know what? When I was like 10, I got this like, like telescope out of the back of a comic book. And I could have told you what was on the moon well before you got there. Nothing. Okay? Nothing. $10 telescope. Not even. It's probably 5 bucks. Now we're trying to discover um, Mars. Guess what's there? Nothing. Who cares? What would Whoopi do if there was life there before? God didn't want. God's not intending us to spend, you know, trillions of dollars while leaving other, while not taking care of each other, to send some stupid crate up to Mars with a camera on it, and just to see nothing. Like, what are you expecting to see? Some dirty old grocery carts, like pushed over into a ditch somewhere? Maybe some used bicycles? That'd be hilarious. That'd be just absolutely hilarious. Like, what we do? Okay, this world is put in subjection of our Lord. He's in control. Okay, he came a little lower than the angels. This is Emmanuel, God with us. 
Okay, his works, this planet, he loves this planet. The only self-sustaining planet in the universe that we know of. He loves this place. Tao has put all things into subjection under his feet. This isn't quite, this hasn't happened yet. Because we have to let evil run its course. We have to let people understand that if you want it, you're going to perpetuate it. And all evil in the world comes from the human heart. Uh, Satan is the instigator, but we feed into it. If we didn't feed into evil, evil would have no power. If we didn't feed into evil, then we would be in heaven right now. Because heaven won't accommodate evil. All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. For in that, he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see, yet not, hasn't happened, all things put under him. All prophecies come to pass as they are written. Don't you think otherwise? Everything is coming to pass just exactly as it's written to the letter. Jesus Christ came and fulfilled prophecy. Psalms 22, a chunk of the book of Isaiah and other places. Okay, and just to mention a few there, nine. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. It's a glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Like, you have to think about this. Like, this, this eluded me for years. I studied the Bible for years and years, and I admit I didn't walk it, but I do now. And it's really changed my life in understanding. When people used to say to me, Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died on the cross. I was like, okay, yeah, I believe that, but I don't really know what it means. Okay, what, what did Christ do? Christ did not compromise with evil. Therefore, he has power over it. He did not compromise with anxiety or disdain or hate or vengeance or spite. He did not slander. He was not jealous. He was not insecure or possessive. He wasn't trying to covet things. His power over all those things. He did not he, he he did not accommodate or make a deal or bargain or make concessions with evil in any way. He was dragged out into the wilderness by Satan 40 days and 40 nights while that evil entity was pounding on him. Jesus Christ came in the flesh so that he could say, yeah, I walked in the flesh, I know what you guys are up against. I, I know, I know, I, I did it myself. He couldn't just sit there as God and then put us through this and then judge us without walking the walk. <clears throat> it's like people have no right to say anything about uh, certain things that go on on planet Earth unless they've walked it. Like for myself, I can say, and I'm not proud of this, I can say there's nothing you can say to me that would surprise me. I've dragged myself through the worst prisons mankind can think of. The prisons of sensual lust, the prisons of uh, booze and drugs, the prisons of jealousies, the prisons of entitlement. My egotism was out of control. God knew how much affliction I needed to humble for the eternity. And when I turned around, his outstretched arms were there. And I had to humble. I had to humble in all humility and let everything out. There is nothing hid that shall not be revealed. I let it all out to the only one I trust, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I prayed for his love to come into my heart. And I was already a student, well into the Bible back then. But when I realized, hey, there's nothing I can carry with me making excuses, making, trying to negotiate with Christ. Okay, I'm going to study for seven hours, and then I'm going to go off, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to check out for about four hours. I'm just going to take this substance, or I'm going to get drunk, or I'm just going to look at pornography. or You know, none of that flies with Jesus Christ. He walked it 
so he could taste death for every man. Everything that leads to death, Jesus Christ got thrown in his face by Satan. He knows he was the only one worthy. He was the only one strong enough to resist temptation. He did it for us. And by doing so, and that blood dropping down on the ground was a blood covenant that is unbreakable. He set up a kingdom of heaven that will not accommodate evil. That is legit because he walked it. He knows. He's the only one found worthy as it's written. He set that up, that kingdom for us because he loved us. Believe me, when he was getting dragged around by Satan and, and, and put up on the highest place as it's written, Satan goes, look at this world, man. We can have it. This is ours. Let's just have fun with these little minions. Like they're disobedient. They don't listen. They have entitlement. Their egotism's out of control. They're just going to fight each other. Watch, they'll put a little bit of evil here and watch it just, just fester. Watch these people just perpetuate evil. They let it in their heart and they just let her go. Wars, troubles, rumors of wars from the kitchen table all the way to the world stage. And Satan's like, watch these people who just love money. I'm the treasure of the world. Satan is. Watch, watch this, Jesus Christ. We can have all this. Watch, I'll put a bit of money here. I'll take some money out of there. I'll put some ideals in these people's minds. They're going to fight these guys. They're going to fight these guys. Watch this. And we're just going to take the whole world and do what we want with it. And Jesus Christ says, no, I love these children. He loved you. That's what it means. Jesus loved you. He died on the cross for you. He would not accommodate with evil. All the ways and things of the world have no value to Jesus Christ. There's a place of peace beyond our present comprehension that is legit for whomsoever will. And you can get your foot in the door right now. You just let go of all that egotism, all that feelings of entitlement, all the regret, the blame, the looking back, the would have, should have, could have, despite the feeling that you think you're better than other people. Partiality, favoritism, racism, just disgusting. None of that can get into the kingdom of heaven. If you're carrying it, you're perpetuating it. You're giving it power. All the troubles and conflicts, it's just... It's just absolutely insanity. The world has never been in so much trouble as it is right now today. Jesus Christ said, do not be deceived. Just in this first couple verses here, in the first verse, therefore we ought to give more earnest heed to things which we have heard, the truth. The truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. For fear at any time we should let them slip. Don't let the truth leak out of you. Guard it and hold it as it's written in Revelation chapter 1. Verse 10. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. The captain, that just means chief. He's their chief. He's the chief leader. He earned his spot. Humility on the cross is what he did. He took the insults. He took. They were pulling his beard out of his face. Satan already mopped the floor with him, and now he's really getting it from people. They put spikes through his hands. He still said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. There was a whole army of angels right at his side that, the, that people couldn't see. And Jesus Christ, no, no, I'm setting up this place of peace for all the, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension for all the people. I'm doing this because I love them. I know there's people that will come to repentance. I am going to be their intercessor. I am going to be the redeemer for whomsoever will. And I'll be the mediator to Father. And he did it. He did it for us. Even, can you imagine just hanging there when you're innocent with railroad spikes in your hands and in your feet? 
He didn't do anything. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. He was blameless. He did not sin. And there he was, the world, the clergy of the time of the church, which is the same today, and everybody that compromises with evil has their hand on that hammer, nailing the spike right into his, right through his hands. Captain of their salvation, perfect through suffering. He made a place of peace, perfect. He, he fulfilled exactly what the most loving act of the most selfless act of love and compassion ever in the history. The power of the cross has to be acknowledged here because the power of the cross means is a symbol of affliction. Like that's a symbol of Christianity. We have to think we see a cross every day in our eyesight. It's on every corner in small towns here in Canada, United States. There's churches all over the place. Why, why do people put, why is there millions of people walking around right now on planet earth with crosses around their neck? Crosses everywhere in your eyesight. It's the most powerful symbol on planet Earth. It's a symbol of brutal affliction, brutal torture. Like the symbol, some, like the symbol of Christianity isn't Jesus Christ in a manger, little baby there, you know, nice and warm in a manger. No, the symbol of Jesus Christ isn't him staying there hanging out fish sandwiches with his buddies. No, the symbol of Christianity is severe torture. It means affliction. It means the meek shall inherit the earth. And when you say meek in the Hebrew, you're saying to afflict. That means learn to say no to yourself. Self-discipline. You afflict yourself with discipline. You don't go chasing all the curiosities of the ways and things of the world. You don't go chasing whatever just, well, whatever's just popular right now. Ideals, morally corrupt things. Like society has made uh, moral, morally corrupt things and morally deprived minds like the new normal. Just, Jesus Christ won't put up with it. He did this for us. Captain of their salvation, perfect through suffering. He suffered for us. If he would have allowed any of these thought patterns, if he would allow any of these things, then the kingdom of heaven would not be legit. Verse 11, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Remember Mark uh, 3.34, Behold my brothers, Jesus Christ says. Now, don't be condescending and call Jesus Christ, Hey, he's my older brother. Okay? We're talking here uh, for, for the one. Our Father is a compound unity. <clears throat> See Zechariah verse 14, or chapter 14, verse 9. And uh, I don't feel like really going there because I just taught the book of Zechariah and I'm getting talking too much here. Okay, our, our Father is a compound unity of of all the seven spirits, including righteousness, Melchizedek, King of the Just. Okay, that's Jesus Christ. Twelve. Let's just go on here. Saying, verse twelve, saying, Revelation two and three. Hear what the Spirit say unto the churches. Verse one of this. Therefore, we ought to give more earnest to heed the things which we have heard. Hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, and not to listen to what mankind has to say, what mankind slips in. Okay? I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church, will I sing praise unto thee. Hey, that's a quote right out of Psalms 22. Psalms 22, 22. That's his words on the cross. Oh, people say, well, he was up there, Michael, and he said, uh, why did you forsake me and leave me, God? No, he's teaching Psalms 22. He taught the whole Psalms. 
right, in, the, in those last words where it is finished. The kingdom of heaven, death has been defeated, it's finished. Jesus Christ was just, um, that was a psalm of David. When David was kind of feeling weak, he said that. Jesus Christ was teaching the pure prophecy of Psalms 22 that came to pass him on the cross. He, it became fulfilled and permanent. All blood sacrifices now are on that cross. Uh, for as much, we're on verse 13, Hebrews chapter 2. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. And trust or you will not be trusted. That's all there is to it. Faith and trust or you won't be trusted. As soon as you allow the devil around you, just watch this. Okay, God has nothing to prove to you. You can't violate the principles, principles of God without consequence. Whenever and wherever God's word is called into question, Satan is there. You ask questions about God's word. You study it. You earn your spot to ask questions. You at least read the Bible before you start blabbing off about it and having opinions about it. If you go to school, you go to grade 12, or if you go to university and you get a course, the first day you get a, a bunch of books on your desk. What do you do? Well, you know you're going to have to study that curriculum, right, to get the credit. What do people do with the Bible? They don't even bother reading it. They just get their opinions off mainstream media, the global media, or something they've heard from some random pastor somewhere who's using the Bible as a book of quotes. They get their opinions from hearsay, and they believe them. And that's just beyond all reasonables. It's ridiculous. You have to trust in the Lord or you won't be trusted. If you want to, if you want to think whenever and wherever God's word is challenged, where, where are you challenging God's word? You can't challenge it with me because I have, I put my beliefs in the Lord, principled in, in the consistent thought pattern of God, unchanging, principled, reason, resolve of a higher power written in councils of eternity from infinity back to present is the word of God. Mankind can't even come close to anything like that. Mankind has an inconsistent thought pattern. Okay, the devil is there if you entertain doubts about God's words. <clears throat> the false prophet is there if, you, if God's word makes you feel uneasy and causes you to express suspicion towards its validity. Evil spirits are there infested in your ego, feeding all of your uncertainties, anxieties, and fears. You never have a linear progression towards the truth. Once you have a working knowledge of the Bible, you can sit in, in the most atheist bunch of Darwin lovers you can just sit there and you can hold your own. It's just the greatest thing, having a working knowledge of the Bible because you always have a linear progression towards the truth. She trusts in him. When in this, so far in first chapter one and two, we're talking about all things God created. And then people will say, well, you know what? It, you know what, Mike? I saw this documentary and it has to be true because it's been on the internet and on TV and it's on mainstream media. It talks about evolution. Well, watch this. This is the easiest way to debunk evolution, the theory of evolution. If evolution were true, there would have to be an infinite array of fossils for every species at every minute stage of transition from the single cell to, this, to, to, what, to the species that we see now. Those fossils do not exist. And don't forget fossils uh, at every minute stage of transition from the single cell for all the species that have come and gone. Mankind science, real science, not pseudoscience, not theory science, not hypothesis science. True science has proved there's an ice age. Thank you very much. You're validating God's word. True science has proved that 350 million years ago to 500 million million years ago, there was the Cambrian age. 
had dinosaurs. We had all kinds of different animals running around. They found the fossils, different plants. But they never found any transitionary fossils in or out of that period. And they, and if people say, well, we did. Well, you never found any transitionary fossils from one species to another. If you can find fossils and remains from 350 million years ago, then why can't you find the fossils from just 50,000, 100,000 years ago? years ago, 200,000 years ago, like what mankind just appeared on the scene as it's written in the Bible? Yeah, because there was an ice age. If dinosaurs couldn't survive the ice age, how could mankind? Dinosaurs were a super species. What mankind was just walking around with a leather jacket on, just puffing on a cigarette, leaning up against a post somewhere, pretending he's looking for a job, or what? Like, come on. Pseudoscience is very convincing because the global media is very convincing because the global media depends on the basic mass instinct of never to be critical thinkers. You put anything on TV, people will sit there and watch it and take it for face value. Evolution is an embarrassment to mankind to even acknowledge it. And it is abomination to God. Put your trust in the Lord. 14. For as much then... As the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had power of death, that is the devil. Exactly. Salvation is now available. He, he had to come through in the flesh. Because now, now Jesus Christ can say, uh, Christian, uh, Christ was the only one who gave no power to the devil, like we've been uh, talking about today. It's like, it's like okay, for somebody, let's say, uh, who's in the prison of sensual lust, how do you get out of that prison? If you feed into that prison, you're feeding into the moral depravity, the barnyard morals, ethically corrupt companies just pumping out pornography and, and putting uh, barnyard morals as a new normal. Like society just continually carrying on about about sex. Society is okay. We're talking about things Jesus Christ has powerful power over. Like let's just how can I say this? Society has put a value on the importance of sex. Society has allowed the mainstream media to incorporate morally corrupt lifestyles as an everyday normal. God has put a value on sex as as giving love-filled act between a man and a woman who consider each other as one. Mankind has perverted that beyond measure. Society glamorizes barnyard morals. Society or mainstream media glamorizes morally deprived minds. Global media perpetuates debauchery. If Jesus Christ would have given into that, like some people say, oh, I think his girlfriend was Mary Magdalene. And the, yeah, you know what? Then he would have had to allow all sexual stuff into the kingdom of heaven. All those thoughts, all the covetousness, all the adultery into the kingdom of heaven. All, if Jesus Christ would have lied, as it says in the last chapter, God cannot lie. <clears throat> well, because if Jesus Christ would have lied or God lied, then he'd have to let all liars into the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of heaven would be based on hypocrisy. It's based on truth. And the truth, again, is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And Jesus Christ isn't going to negotiate or accommodate anything else. And that's all there is to it. The power of death. He, he beat death. Death is just Satan's name. Look at it in Revelation chapter 6, the fourth seal. 
death and death drags hell behind it. You don't get raked up in that rake of hell, which is going to and fro the earth right now. With all the ways and things of the world, all the plans, plots, and purposes of mankind. That just lead to disappointment, failure. This always sounds good at first. Everyone gets excited right away. New political system. Okay, this is going to be great. Well, not once in the history of mankind has there been a political system that's worked. That hasn't led to disappointment, division, trouble, conflict. Not one. Human rights infractions. Never mind Mother Nature's rights infractions. Money, the root of all evil. Jesus Christ has power over that. Even when he walked in the church and flipped the tables. Does it say... That Jesus Christ was there having his disciples. Here, pick up this change, man. Let's book it out of here. No, he walked right over it. It had no value. <clears throat> to hell with it, he says. To hell with the, to hell with the world economy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Money is the root of all evil. Look what it's done around the planet. Look what it does to people right around you. People start getting a couple paychecks together, and they think they're all that in a bag of chips. People lose their job, and some people just want to feel like they're going to commit suicide. They feel I have no hope. Dude, you're going to be fine. Verse 15, and deliver them who through fear, that's reverence of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Okay, this way. I got to read this again. I didn't mean to say that. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Not anymore. Death doesn't, we're not afraid of death anymore. God says, fear not. And why are you afraid of something that is 100% guaranteed? going to go down in your life fate won't negotiate no matter how big of a star you think you are it's in the mail and whatever data comes in your mailbox will be at the most inconvenient time so make sure that you have your spiritual body ready to present to the lord you will meet your maker what are you waiting for here and now today and later on in the book of Hebrews, we realize when it's written today, now, today, because judicial blindness, if you decide just to, oh, I'm going to slough it off, I'm going to slough it off. Yeah, when I get around to reading the Bible, when I get around to it, okay, just remember that your letter of fate is in the mail. This time is very short. The eternity is very long. And where your butt lands for the eternity, for the millennium period, it's either heaven or hell, and that's all there is to it. There's no there's no purgatory. There's no lawyers there negotiating for you. There's no ticket stamped into heaven just because you identify with a particular church. It's judgment on a personal face-to-face -face level. You will meet your maker. Don't you think otherwise? Okay, we're, what verse are we on here? And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Not anymore. We're not in bondage. Jesus Christ released us from that. The salvation is now available. John chapter 17. It's done. Salvation is available now. Okay. 16. For verily he took not of him the natural the, or the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Yeah, the lineage. That's because, remember, we went to Genesis chapter 1 in the last, uh, when we were studying Hebrews chapter 1. And I stopped where I probably shouldn't have stopped, but I wasn't teaching Genesis chapter 1, but I did. And in, in Genesis chapter 2, we have the history of the heavens and of the earth. That's the generations, the family history, okay? And we have this new guy comes on the scene on the eighth day. Remember... That one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. It's not our little fancy pants wristwatch here. It's God's wristwatch. The real time is on. 
we have a distorted reality of time because we're bound in the by the perimeters of being human here. Space and time really can't make much sense to us except these little wristwatches we have. So it's a thousand years. So here we are, 2,000 years after man and woman was created on the sixth day, the seventh day, God rests from achievement. On the eighth day, he comes up with this guy, Eth Hahadam. That means the man Adam, the specific man Adam, with the article and particle here, right in your manuscripts, okay? And this man Adam is the, the family history from this guy, his lineage right up to Christ, are the husbandmen of the earth. They're supposed to plant the seeds of truth throughout the world. This is the family that God said, okay, I chose this family here. You're the husband of the earth. We're going to write a book about you and all your dealings with just everything, every grievance, every, every problem that's come up with man. I'm going to write it down. God says he has his prophets write it down. God's word is unassailable and answers every logical and moral objection conceivable to mankind. And it happened to them. Nothing new under the sun. It's going to happen to you. Offenses will come to you. Just be ready for it. Just don't, it's a lot of things just don't acknowledge the content of don't don't acknowledge the, the content of what's being said slander jealousies covetousness just always remember that we have the Lord Jesus Christ it doesn't have power of death over us those things lead to death because you can't carry them with you into heaven and deliver them who fear of death okay lifetime of, okay no more bondage for us people put themselves into bondage remember the last chapter when it said uh, in verse twelve of chapter one. And a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fall. Remember, it's what we're talking about here. Christ was, is, and always will be wrapped in righteousness. Us, on the other hand, get wrapped up in the guile, mouths, corruption, sin, and the ways of the world. Ways and things of the world. Don't let yourself get wrapped up in the ways and things of the world. What's your vesture? Wrap yourself with the gospel armor. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, will allow that for you. You pray for the Holy Spirit to saturate into you the veil of Christ, hedge of God. Okay, verse 17. Wherefore, in all things, it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. That's the reason for the cross. Behove means necessary. It was necessary for him to become in the flesh because he had to face it. He can't just sit there up in heaven and go, look at these guys sinning away, sinning away. He had to, he had to face it for himself. He didn't ask us to do anything that he did not do. He faced all the challenges, all the temptations of the world. And he resisted them. He was the only one worthy for reconciliation. 18, to finish up chapter 2 here. For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to secure, that's aid, them that are tempted. Yeah, because he shows us he has power over it. And that's enough for today. That's Hebrews chapter 2. I hope you enjoyed that. I enjoyed bringing it to you. If you can help me keep bringing this to you, please give it up for God at companionchapel at gmail.com or companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, even $10 a day. That's only 30 cents a podcast. And I do a podcast a day for you because I love you. I might not love what you're doing, but I love you. And I can say that because I love you the same way People can just hate each other without knowing them. And I want you to have a great day. Thank you very much and bye for now.